Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today we're going to talk about how, initially, all worlds are created. I'm going to start by reading some of uh, Seth's comments from a session back in 1974. He said, Your thoughts, for example, and your intents have their own validity and force. You set them into motion, but then they follow their own laws and realities. Well, how about that? Do you remember a few sessions back, if you listened to it in one of the episodes, we talked about what happens to thoughts after they leave our mind. Turns out they follow their own laws and realities. Did you know that? I'd already forgotten it. His next statement, all creativity comes from the psyche. Now, the psyche is another name for the big you or the big me. And here he's stating that all creativity comes from the psyche. That's quite a statement. It's another way of saying that everything that you and I perceive is something that we create. We do create our own reality. Seth repeated that many times. We don't, we don't understand it at the level of our ego personality, but at the level of our big self, we do. Seth went on. I recently suggested a project to Rupert's class. Now, you remember that Seth referred to Jane Roberts as Rupert, the larger self of which Jane is a part. So he went on, I recently suggested a project to Rupert's class, one that will ultimately illuminate many of the points I'm making in the unknown reality. I suggested that Rupert's students create a, quote, city at another level of reality. This is not to be a pie-in-the-sky sort of thing, or some, quote, heaven hanging suspended above, but a very valid meeting place, a meeting place between worlds, a psychic marketplace, for example, where ideas are exchanged, a place of psychic commerce, a pleasant environment with quite definite coordinates, established as an, quote, orbiting satellite, close quote, on the outskirts of your world. Now, his next sentence bears some repeating. Initially, all worlds are created in just that fashion. Initially, all worlds are created in just that fashion. So he's explaining that all worlds are initially created in a non-material, psychic environment where ideas are generated. I'll bet you've never thought about that. I haven't either. We know, of course, that consciousness creates matter, not the other way around, but the idea of an exchange of ideas in a kind of a psychic, non-material marketplace, that being the initial formation cause for all worlds, that's quite a statement. He goes on then to discuss one of Jane's psychic experiences, which is relevant here, and I'll read it. It's uh, fairly long. In certain terms, then, this involves, in a very small way, the creation and colonization of a different kind of reality, consciously accepted, however, from your perspective. On an unconscious level, the world as you know it expands in just such a fashion. 
I've got to stop there. That's another, another statement we need to think about. The world as you know it expands in just such a fashion with the exchange of ideas, apparently, is what he's saying. He goes on. Several students, that's students in Jane's uh, classes, <clears throat> several students have had dreams involving their participation in such a project. Rupert found himself in an out-of-body state, looking at a jacket. It had four rectangular pockets. It was giant-sized. As he looked at it, the front flap was open. In the dream, he flew through this flap, literally into another dimension, where the point of the flap was a hill upon which he landed. Okay, so the flap becomes a hill. From that second perspective, the pockets of the jacket in the first perspective became the windows of a building that existed in a still further third dimension beyond the hill. Standing on the hill, he knew that in perspective one, the windows of the building in perspective three were jacket pockets, but he could no longer perceive them as such. Looking out from the hill in perspective two, Perspective one was invisibly behind him, and perspective three was still, quote, ahead of him, separated from him by a gulf he did not understand. He knew, however, that if the shades were pulled and the windows in perspective three, then the jacket pocket flaps would appear to be closed in perspective one. He also realized he had been directing the er erection of the building in perspective three by making the jacket in perspective one. When he approached the hill in perspective two, he spoke to the contractor who was there before him. Rupert said that he wanted to change the design. The contractor agreed and shouted orders to people who were working in perspective three where the building stood. Now, Rupert was validly involved in the erection of that building, and he did indeed travel through various dimensions in which the objects in one represented something entirely different in another. The objects in one represented something entirely different in another. He used the particular symbols, however, simply to bring the theory home to him. But it represented the fact that, okay, and this is the important point, represented the fact that any given object in one dimension has its own reality in another get that any given object in one dimension has its own reality in another which means that any object that you can look at and perceive it has its reality here but it has its own reality in another dimension just as the pockets of the jacket in the, that first perspective became the windows of a building in another one so basically the idea can have many different forms taken uh, at the same time, of course. We, we also discussed that recently, but it is so hard to imagine the reality of it. At any rate, Seth concluded, you cannot move through time and space without altering the focus of your psyche. That's your big self, right? That's you. You cannot move through time and space without altering the focus of your psyche. When you so alter that focus, however, you also change the exterior reality that you then experience. So the form that exterior, exterior reality takes is going to depend upon how we have focused our consciousness. Wow. 
Now, when I first studied this material many decades ago, when the world had many of the same problems that it has now, a song came to me that describes how we might be successful in creating uh, such a world, a much better world, a new world of harmony, even while living in the world we inhabit now. And for you unfortunate souls who are listening to this podcast, I'm going to sing it for you. Even though I forget the melodies that I had in the second and third sections, but I'm just going to make it up as I go along anyway. Before I do that, I want to emphasize this song is not about the kind of world that the United Nations or the World Economic Forum wants to impose on the rest of us, where they get to enjoy a lot of power as the elites, and they take more and more rights and freedoms from the rest of us. This song is not even about a material world, but one of ideas, a psychic place. The title is Some Began to Believe. There was a world of nations, each one was proud and strong. And this was good for those nations, gave each of us a place to belong. But then those nations began to grow apart. Each did not trust the other, Bad feelings grew in their hearts. They turned their strengths to killing. Great bombs of fire they could send. Until at any moment, it seemed the world might end. And then some began to believe that the world was much more than it seemed. At first a few began to understand. They themselves held the world-creating hand. They looked from just a slightly different view and found worlds that to them were all new. But they soon learned that they'd been there all along and the dream to build their own became so strong that they willed into being in their minds a great city that transcended space and time. The force of their emotions made it real, this place that had no greed, no envy, and no crime. As more of them began to believe that the world was much more than it seemed, more and more began to understand they themselves held the world creating hand in their dreams each night they traveled to this world where they learned new ways of loving all they saw nations had no meaning in this place for all were one just with a different face and then all of them began to understand that they could choose to make this world their new homeland. And while they chose to know a world that soon by destruction would be torn, the one they knew was just as real, and so another world was born. Because they all began to believe that the world was much more than it seemed. 
and they all began to understand they themselves could create a new homeland okay so what what does the song say well it goes back to that original theme of so much of what seth taught that we do create our own reality and we are capable of creating the reality and bringing into material focus uh, into material reality the world that we want all right well that concludes our discussion for today and once again i'm dan mcinney bringing you lessons from the helpful dead